Welcome everyone to the Transformation Nurse Academy podcast. This is our weekly episode, Talk with Kevin, where we cover topics for all nursing fields with extra emphasis on emergency and critical nursing. Get ready for candid discussions that explore the vast landscape of nursing and beyond. All right, welcome everybody. This is Kevin from the Transformation Nurse Academy podcast, and I have Nellie Shining Light here with me. How you doing, bitches? Not you, Nellie, because you're not a bitch, but the rest of you, fuck you, motherfuckers. Welcome, Nellie. Nellie's an oncology nurse, I believe, and I don't know where you work. I know you told me, but I forgot. So remind me where you work. I currently work for the government, and I also work really? for Kaiser. Mm-hmm. Wait, wait, what do you do for the government? I better get <laughs> I off do this shit. oncology for the government as well. You work at the fucking VA? Oh, she don't want to uh, say Am I shit. supposed to say something? <laughs> yeah, but you say the government. Now you're making my stomach hurt. Are you trying to turn on me or something? You're reporting me? <laughs> no. <laughs> I'm more but, scared of the government than I am my wife, Nellie. <laughs> but I do work for the government. I got you. All right, all right. I do work for Kaiser. Oh, yeah. Well, Which I, is not I always make fun of. to say, right? No, well, I'm, I'm, I told Michael I was a little upset with your boss. I kept calling her fucking, I kept calling her Ruth. But it's Cheryl. Oh, Cheryl. Yeah. Right. Yeah. She's your CNE, Chief Nursing Executive at Kaiser, right? She says she's way up there. Yeah. Which Cheryl are we talking? Our speaker? The one that, Our the one, yeah, the one that did the tumor lysis. Yeah. She's yes. way the hell up there, right? Yes, yeah, she is. I think she's, she's like one step below the CEO. Something like that. But she's and pretty. And I told her, yeah. So I went there and I said, why won't you let me interview? She's like, I don't want to be famous. I'm like, really? You're already famous. So quit that shit, Cheryl. <laughs> I liked her speaking, and I told him, don't be offended. Yeah, I liked hers the best because it reflected to me in the ER. I would probably see that more than anything in the ER. There was a guy named Mark Stevens. He's a flight nurse, works in the ER. He said he, a day after I posted an interview with Pete, he said he saw that in the damn ER that night. I'm like, holy shit, we were just talking about that. So, (laughs) But I was trying to get her to come on, but she wouldn't do it. Tell us again one more time. Tell us your name, where you work, and how the hell did you get the name Shiny Light? Because I know everybody's going to ask that because somebody already asked me that once already. I know you get tired of people asking that shit, but. So my name is Nelly, and I have been in oncology for now going on seven years this upcoming March. And on my Facebook, it does say Shining Light just because, like I said, I work for the government as well. And so <laughs> I do want to have a little bit of privacy like everyone else. And so I do not put my real information, my real birthday on Facebook <laughs> for certain reasons, right? No, I got you. But I am a nurse in oncology and but I is enjoy- your real name, Shining Light? No, my name is Nelly. My last name is Zarati, like with the Z. Oh, so kind of in like other words, Z- I've been calling you this last name, telling everybody you're probably Native Americans of some sort and that's where you got your name and shit. <laughs> And I'm, I'm sure wrong. we all have something in uh, <laughs> some Native American in ourselves, right? If we dig, you See, know, I've been we, talking we shit about you. All right, all right. <laughs> so, so, yeah, tell no, me, just Nelly. Yeah, so tell me, Nelly, how did you get into oncology? How do we meet, first of all? Well, you and I met, ago, but... I think, in 2011 or 2012 no, crazy, huh? when I graduated as an LVN and I went to get my IV certification from you. And since then, I actually got several jobs in different places, but I ended up in oncology, C-Care, which is associated or affiliated with St. Agnes. Right. And I started working there at the lab and then learning oncology. Really working in the lab? Mm Mm-hmm. What'd you do in the lab? You just draw blood for them? Blood, medical 
giving fluids, IV fluids, just whatever was within my scope. Whatever was within my scope. Hold on, hold on. So I got to stop you. You mean LVNs can access central lines, Nelly? Yes. Oh my God, I didn't know that. Because <laughs> you know people talk shit about LVN. Yeah, I know. They can do a lot of things. As long as you get the proper training and you get checked off as part right. of your skills, you know, competency skills at work, you can do a lot of things. But definitely, yeah, that was my main job. And I got very curious, you know, seeing the infusions. And I just wanted to keep on learning. And while I got my LVN, I continued to do prerequisites for RN. And fortunate for me, I got into an RN program and I became an RN in 2018. Which RN program did you go through? I ended up going to West Hills. Oh yeah, I like that. I just talked to, I think her name's Kathy, Catherine. Don't be mad, one of your ladies. Do you know who she is? Well, I know a lot of people, but I... I think she, I don't know, she was, her name is Catherine DeFedi. I don't know if I'm saying her name right. Yeah. She's like the big boss. She's the director. Yeah, she's Mm -hmm. director. And then I don't know who this is, Trina Shiloh. Trina Mm -hmm. Shiloh. Because I'm trying to get them to do IV therapy out there. Because I'm part of what's called the Association of Vascular Access and Infusion Nurses Society. And they came out with a study showing, which we already know, that 80 to 90% of registered nurses get zero training or very little training in nursing school. And then they come out and they stick a patient. And they wind up sticking patients 20,000 times. And like you, I ask you, I ask Michael, I ask Pete, why don't nurses use their Mediports when they have them? So what do you feel about that for nurses who have a cancer patient or oncology or a hematology, which you taught me? What would you say to those nurses who don't use those ports because they're uneducated or incompetent and they're hurting their patients? Honestly, I think it comes to policy in their facilities. Number one, the people are afraid to ask if you know, it is within their policy or within their scope. It is definitely within their scope of practice. But I think because it was not part of maybe their competency checkoff list. Do we really they have feel a like... competency checkoff list? <laughs> I do have a competency <laughs> checkoff list. I feel like maybe because it was not in there, they feel like they should not be accessing that. And, you know, as we learned in school, they always tell you, be very careful when you access a central line because that patients could be a higher risk for infection. Right, right. And so the last thing somebody wants to do is to give a patient an infection. If they're not feeling competent at that moment to give that or confident, I should use the right. word confident, to do it. Both competent so, and confident. Are, are they yeah. capable? Yes. Yeah. Well, I asked Michael this, and because I'm, you know me, I'm like the policy guru and stuff. Like, I love policies. Because that's what keeps us safe. But how many facilities do you think have policies that say nurses cannot access a central line? None. Probably right. none. And so I want to go back because I'm pick up on a word that you use. And I'm not picking on you on purpose. But you said they have to ask. They don't have to ask shit. Anybody can go into the damn policy thing and read the policies and find out for themselves. Because I don't trust. I know it's terrible saying you say, but I don't trust managers directors, charge nurses, because they'll tell you crap that's not true because they haven't even read the policy. Now, right. you said you work for the government and Kaiser. How many policies have you read since you've been there? Honestly, put you on the not spot. too many. See what I mean? And You're a typical nurse. Most nurses yeah. won't do it. So not, I, it, not it blows many. my mind. Though. And how long have you worked at each place? For Kaiser, I've been there for going on two years and mm-hmm. for the government, Less than a year now. (laughs) I know, but see what I mean? But I mean, you have, you've been there long enough that if you would have read one policy every day you went to work, just one, 
he probably would have read the whole manual already. Right. And, and you, believe and it or to... not, there are some people that actually would tell you everything because they read it. And that's wonderful. Yeah. I and and I'm glad. Because I, I use it to mess with the management. <laughs> and so, and another reason, I think, because some of us, I'm going to excuse or justify what I don't read the policies. is because we are not given the enough time. You like get your training, your orientation, and then you get your badge and then you go to work and then that's it. You're on your own. So, I'm so glad you... do you have time to go read yes. all the policies? Yes, no. I make time. Yes, you do. That's an excuse. But you make time. Yeah. You said it. You make yeah. time. Excuse... Everybody is different. I know, but yeah. excuses are like assholes, Nellie. Everybody's got one in the Austin. Yeah, we all have an but, excuse. That's but for sure. It's true. It's true. But you said, though, <laughs> you I'm on a big kick right now with the word orientation. Uh-huh. What is the difference between orientation and training? Because they're not the same, and we're being no. misled as nurses. So what is orientation? orientation, orientation, you are going to get oriented to your facility, where things are at, your supplies, and the people that you will be working with. But you're not the getting training, right? The training is different because training is specific to what you will be doing. And, and how many, most, how many facilities provide not, training? Not too many. You might get to shadow a person, you know, for a few days just to do your competency checkoff list. (laughs) And once you complete that, you're on your own. Do you think that's good and safe for patient care? Honestly, it depends (laughs) on the experience as well. I think it depends on the experience. Yeah, but we get a lot of new grads right now that are coming in that have no what. That they don't have the experience. But I also think besides the experience, there also comes the skills. Right, like but how if are they you... going to get the skills if they don't get trained by somebody to get those skills? Because well, a lot you... of schools didn't give that training, proper training. Perhaps not. But I think also if you teach one and you do one and you do it right on the first time, as a nurse myself, I could be like, I think you're good. You're on your own. But do you know that's evidence proves that that doesn't work very well anymore? Do you believe uh, that? That military government training. Come? <laughs> I'm just telling you, evidence has proven that that's not 100% efficient anymore. Well, I haven't worked with any new grads recently, so right. I really can't testify so, to that. So the reason why is because most nurses, what is the average age nurse right now? I don't know, Kevin. I mean, I... 50 plus years or older. Okay. And I have a friend who just went to St. Natty. She just finished her orientation. She's 50 years old. Don't be mad at me out there. Don't listen to the podcast if you don't want people to tell me your age. I won't tell you her name, though, but she graduated at 50, and adults like us, over around 35, 40, it takes you at least three to seven times for things to click on average. I'm not saying every adult because everybody's different, but does that make sense? And everybody <laughs> learns differently. Yeah, so it's take, true. So like you're in school right now as an MP, what are you going to become an MP for? Uh, can I say on that? <laughs> yeah, why not? Why wouldn't you? Of course. Why are you so, not, why are you so worried? Uh, like, are, you, are you hiding from somebody? <laughs> no, you know, just like in school, you like everything that you see. I don't scrutinize and nothing. So what right are they now, do? for me, you, wait, wait, I'm gonna make you happy. Do you know what happened to a Kaiser nurse recently? Now I don't know what Kaiser she worked at, but she won forty-one million dollars, Nelly. Oh, Did wow, you hear that's that? Wonderful. Do you know why yeah. she won it? Why she worked in the NICU or the PICU? I can't remember. So to be fair, I don't know which one, but it was the NICU or the PICU. She was complaining to the management that there were unsafe working environments putting the patients at risk. And what did they do to her? Probably laid her off or... They fired her. 
And so she sued for retaliation and she won $41 million. And I think more nurses need to speak up because why are we, look, you're so scared to speak up because you're worried that you're going to get your job fired or your license. No, I'm, I'm not worried about getting fired. It's just when you are in a position where people already look at your future also, they're already counting. I got you, but what you. are they going to do to you? Who's going to mess with you? You tell me who's messing and with Nelly. So right now, you know, I don't know where I'm going. I like what everything that do? I'm seeing. What um, do you want to do as an MP? Where do you want to go? Honestly, First of all, let me ask you this. What program are you in? And then what do you want to be as an MP? What does your future look like to Nelly? I am at Fresno Pacific. Yeah, I like that place. Yeah, it is a good school. Yeah. And so before I started to get more deep into the program, I thought I was going to stay in oncology forever. Yeah. Oh, see, that's like why it. you're scared the same thing because you don't want people knowing you getting out. <laughs> and it's on, there's nothing wrong with it. There's nothing wrong with it. Don't let them shame you. Keep going. What are you going to do? What are you loving and now? And so right now, I don't know because I am learning so much and, you know, I am going to say that before going into this journey, I thought family practice or family medicine was very basic, but it's not. I don't want to do family medicine. It's not. Is that it's what you want? I know because you do a little bit of everything. But is that what you want? Right now, I really like it. I'm enjoying it. And I'm learning a lot. You don't think you're going to get bored? Yeah, but it's one thing learning in a school. But then coming to the patients is different. Well, you know, I've seen so far and I've learned a lot of things that I didn't know. But um, like, what do you mean? Like, tell me something that you didn't know you learned. Don't be embarrassed. What is it that you learned? Like, oh, I didn't know that shit. Well, honestly, a lot of the skin diseases and oh, yes. skin that I, I kid you not, I have to look on the phone and I have to look at the images. Yeah, what's wrong with that? And then, that's nice. yeah. yeah, but that's something I never had thought about it. And there's so many different types of skin diseases and treatments, you know, and so that's now, something are, totally new for me. Are you into Western medicine? Are you into Eastern medicine? Are you into both? I think I'm into both. Do you understand what I'm asking you? Mm-hmm. Because I'm a big holistic kind of person. Like, I don't really like medicines. I think that we push a lot of medicines on the people. I'll pick on you as an MP, family medicine. I come to you and you tell me I got to do this, but yet you ain't even doing it your damn self. And you just push pills. And I don't like that. Like, they yeah. always want to push statins on me because I got high cholesterol. I'm like, I don't want to take that shit. So you I know, know that. I, I've seen personally so far, you know. Everybody's different, right? But right. where I've been, even talking to my family, they're like, oh, I want to go to that provider. Because a lot of the people that are patients that are there, they go and they have a plan where they're losing weight. Their numbers are going down. Their A1Cs right. are going down. Their blood pressure is being controlled. It's are being well managed. Pills? Not 100%. Right. So we're the pushing more the diet and the exercise right. and just kind of holding these patients accountable for that. And they feel like they have a big job to do, which is, yeah, it, it is their health. Did you just say hold them accountable? Yes. I like that. It's good. So and let so, me ask yeah. you this, because you like family medicine and all this. You brought up the word skin disease. Are you going to get into aesthetics? No, Because I know no. you love your body. I know you love your face and your health. Are you going to be one of those <laughs> nurses that start their own medical spa? No, not right now. That's not in my, at the top of my head or priority. Because a lot of yeah. nurses do that. Would you do what you're doing, like a medical weight spa, something like that, to help people lose weight and control their diabetes? Or are you just into family medicine? 
I think right now the family medicine, what I have been experiencing and witnessing uh, has been very rewarding because I've seen, it's not like you said, we just don't give them pills and be like, see you later, right? right. Like you're on your own. I gave you what you needed. It's more like, okay, well, here is the treatment, but we don't just give them pills. We also tell them part of your plan. We're also going to give you a diabetic meal. And guess what that diabetic meal is? Is the is meal it? that they're going to have, which is, you know, they're going to cut back on their snacks. They're going to cut you, back you, on their carbohydrates. Do you give them a meal plan, like an actual plan? No. You don't help them, them prep? We do. We just have them, you know, follow basic stuff. We find out what they eat and kind of out of that, then we say, okay, what are the things that we can eliminate from there? Number one is the snacks and all the sugary drinks, right, that we drink. But, uh, but how do you do it? Because you know people don't want to change. People don't change. I know you said you're seeing it, but people, a lot of patients are non-compliant, and we spend millions and millions of dollars on non-compliant patients. How is Nelly going to make patients compliant? So patients that we have dealt with, they are more than willing to do it. And I've seen it when they come back, and it's a couple pounds less. Something, and so, something's better than nothing. And, and you, do you applaud really them on that and praise go. them? Oh, yeah, we do. Because, you know... If you go to a regular physician, I'm not saying all physicians, but if you go to regular physicians, most of them don't have nurses in their office and they don't educate their patients. They have MAs in there and MAs can't educate, which I don't understand why. I think it's crazy. And they just push insulin and pills and stuff. The patients come back and their blood sugar is still high, so they push more pills and more insulin. But they never sit down like you and say, hey, let me see what you're eating. Let me see what you're doing to exercise. Let me see how you're giving your pills and your insulin. They don't do that shit. And so yeah. patients... Right now, yeah. I think as, as a student, you know, I have that advantage that I can sit down and talk you care. with them yeah, without rushing care. them. Yeah, I care. So, but how are you going to do the same thing when you become a provider? Because I can tell you, when I go to the doctor, not my current one, but my past one, he literally touched me five seconds. Okay, come back and see me three months. I'm like, what the fuck? I'm spending all this money. <laughs> you ain't even seen me and shit. Like, how come providers don't spend quality time with their patients? I think it all depends on the facility. I think where I'm at right now, I'm at a good place. It's where I see that. I see the quality is it, time. Is it a place that we know? I don't want you to, you know, write any place out. Is it a place? You, is, is it government affiliated? It is not government is affiliated. Is it Kaiser affiliated? No. Is it a local, what's the it's, word I want to use? It is, is it a, a local, local practice. Group? Is it a practice or is it a group? It's a group. You know, like they have United Healthcare Centers, they have Adventist clinics. Is it something like that or is it an individual person? Well, they do call themselves a group because it is a group, but mm. it is owned by a family. Oh, I like that. So it's family oriented. Yeah. Yeah, but that may make a difference though because, you know, you're, you do want to make money, but you also really want to help. Now, do they cater to a certain type of ethnic group? Like, is it low income or is it just anybody? Because, you know, there are some clinics like we have one here in Madeira called Camarina Health, and they really target the poor Hispanic, the poor white. You know what I mean? They don't really cater no, they, to everybody. Uh, they, right now, they're still working and growing, but right that's now nice. we take Do you know whatever. Them? Well, I just met them. <laughs> oh, that's nice, though. Do they love you? So far, so good. Yeah, and, I and have a good impression. You, and they've yeah. asked you when you graduate to stay there? It's a possibility. Oh, that's nice. That's good. I like that. Don't be shy. Don't ever be afraid of making choices. You remember, who do you have to take care of first? All right. Just me. Yeah. I mean, so you, <laughs> don't be ever be afraid. There's nothing wrong with that. But see, this is what I talk about. I'm being sexist now, ladies, so don't be crazy. But see how women are so worried about 
telling people what they're going to do because they don't want to be shunned or think they're make they feel like they're letting their team down. Like, fuck them motherfuckers. <laughs> you got to take care of yourself. I know, but see, what's your husband say? Whatever makes me happy because yeah. I'm the one who's going to do the job. Yeah, I like that guy. See, that's, that's what I say. What's your husband's name? Arnold. Oh, thank you, Arnold. Tell her to be quiet and just make herself happy. <laughs> that's nice. I like that. So tell everybody how what we did this last weekend about the Oncology Symposium. I think that's what it's called. Correct me if I'm wrong. It's called, um, don't tell me, California Central Valley Oncology Nurses Society. That is correct. So how did you get involved in there? And tell me why you decided to put that on. Because I like the tumor lysis syndrome. That was awesome. I like the, what was the last one? The Von Wild, the brain disease, even though uh-huh. I couldn't hear that lady very well. Yeah. I liked it. So talk about um, that. So the way I got involved into this was because I like to learn. And so, as you know, I've gone from being an LVN to an RN. Now I'm back so in I'm school. <laughs> and so let me tell you, I have biological science and associates in nursing. I have a bachelor's degree in professional <laughs> development. Look at you. In advanced patient <laughs> care. I have a bachelor's degree in nursing and I'm going for my master's. Hey, look at you. You're like so me. I do you like, like to go to back learn. to school. Yeah, <laughs> that's good. And because I like to learn in oncology, there are so many different drugs. So right. many. Right. And so they do have educational dinners. Most of those dinners are sponsored by pharmaceutical companies. Like the mm-hmm. one that Mike was talking about, right? Yes. And yeah. so I started going to those meetings because I wanted to learn. And so just learning a little bit here, a little bit there. And in one of those dinners, we have a certification in oncology, just like, you know, other fields that they have to get specialized on something and they have to get a certification. So through that, they also have a membership and I got the membership and they also offer educational dinners as well. And so I became a member and I started going to their dinners. And in one of those dinners, we actually, Myra and I kept on going to the dinners and they approached us and they're like, Hey, you know, we're looking for somebody for next year, this and that. And we're like, Oh, okay, well, that's fine. (laughs) (laughs) But then I told Myra, I said, well, let's just do it. I said, we're here all the time anyway. So why don't we just do it? I said, because to me, it's like when you have something in town and it goes away, then later you hear people complaining, oh, you know, right. we should have done something to keep it. We're having that problem now with the Emergency Nurses Association here locally because nobody wants to come. Nobody wants to be a part of it. We can't even yeah. get four people to the damn meetings. Yeah. And so that is a shame, you know, right. because we are the valley and I feel like we should be supporting each other. But we don't. And praise each other right. for the things that we do, because we all do a good job in whatever field you're in, whether you're in ED, ICU, critical care, or oncology, we all give it all. Even when we're right. there, we're working hard. And I think we deserve to be acknowledged for right. the things that we do. And we may not hear from our jobs, but we hear from our peers. But if you hear from your peers that, you know, we're not doing a good thing, I think it's shitty though, because, you know, you're out there busting your ass to have these meetings and then nobody shows up and then when yeah. you're like fuck it I don't want to do this no more they're like oh look at Nelly she gave up <laughs> I know but that's how they are sons of no, bitches it is fuck true I mean bitches. there's always the uh, opinions <laughs> right. as you know use the example with my family I'm like when it comes to somebody helping you nobody's there but when you messed up then everybody's there to give an opinion 
right? That's right. That's right. So, and I use that example with my family because that's how it is. And unfortunately, that's how it is in most cases uh, with the things that we do. But I didn't want the ONS for the Valley to go away. So that's why Myra and I kind of volunteer. And yeah, we got pretty much defaulted to be part of the committee. And so we've been running it now for a whole year. Right. Um, and it was good. It had a good turnout. You probably had at least 80 people, I think. Yeah. 12, we, 50, 50 to 80 people, something like that. Yep. I hadn't even had a meeting so. that big. <laughs> well, I started uh, the C Van. Yeah. Well, I started a group called C Van, stands for Central Valley Association for Vascular Access Network. It lasted 10 years and they just closed down because they couldn't keep it up and running. And then I became the president of the local ENA for a year and nobody would come. So I'm like, I don't want to keep banging my head on the wall. People don't want to support, you know, it just blows my mind that we don't want to support each other like that. Yeah, so I was, I was thinking, so, my, I was like, how the hell we get all these fucking oncology nurses here, but we can't get all these ER nurses here. Like, this is bullshit. <laughs> you know, Kevin, so I'm proud of you. You did a good job. Thank yeah. you. I think, no, I really mean that because I think it's important because, you know, I don't mean to divert, but there's a lady I helped her and I became friends. She's in Texas and she teaches charting classes online and stuff. And she hasn't been in bedside for, um, I don't know, maybe two or three years. And so I post her stuff. I'm going to put this in the chat box so you can see what I took a picture of you. You're frozen and shit. I posted online her classes, the charting classes. And there's some nurse, I won't mention her name because she might listen to my podcast. But she's got her GNP, and she's like, I don't know. I don't know if I really think this is appropriate because this nurse has been away from bedside for three years. I'm like, who gives a shit? Like, she's been a nurse 30 years. Like, why do you have to stay in bedside all the time to be a nurse? I don't get that mentality. But a lot of people nowadays, there's a big push for some reason that says if you don't work at bedside, you can't be an instructor. How do you feel about that? Well, I disagree with that because all my jobs, I should say, don't involve one job does, the other one doesn't. One job, I'm all hands-on, you know, bedside nurse. The other one, I'm not. I'm all here. And so when people have that, I think, why not give them the credit? And so... Yeah, that's why and, nurses suck, because we put everybody down. Like, what the... And perfect example, you know, I just had a meeting, actually, yesterday. And everything that I talked about before, it was talked about yesterday through other presentations and it was like was already ahead right but so but it's like I, you don't have to be physically there right. but if you know it if you have the knowledge and based on the experiences that you have had right you can make great contribution to your team right. and make wonderful things you yeah, know, i mean charting projects charting's charting i mean she's just teaching people how not to chart improperly or what not to say or how to chart so you protect your license. You know, that's, that's the name of her class, charting to protect your livelihood. So I don't understand why you, I mean, charting has been charting. Now, the way we chart is a little different. I get it, but charting is fucking charting. So it just blows my mind how people, I don't know what it is. Do you think the program you're in, the FMP, is a DMP program? Are you going to become Dr. Nelly? With my MSN. Oh, you're doing MSN. Are you, Do you hearing me now? I am now. You said you're going to graduate with your MSN. Is there a reason why you didn't pick a DMP? Is it important to have a DMP? It is and it is not. With this program, I will be grandfathered in, so I really don't have to get my DMP if I but choose to. you will, to. won't you? I know you will. I might. I'm not going to tell you now. i to call you Dr. Nelly and shit. Damn it. <laughs> I, I might, but I might take a break before I do that. Right. <laughs> uh, <laughs> 
Yeah, that's a possibility. Yeah, I, know uh, I cannot is, I say no, but you know, I would take a break before that. But yeah, I mean, the choice of a DMP and a MSN FMP, to me, it was what was available here. Some of the FMP programs that are available now are online, and I wanted a in-person right. program. Right. Again, because we go back to the basics where we have to learn the principles that have a strong foundation. Right. And I feel like, you know, reading things online would not give me the same benefit as to being in person. Right. And so that's the reason I chose this program because this is hands-on, in-person. And, you I'm know, if you I have questions, that, I can yeah. ask directly to somebody yeah. live. Right. Not wait for two, three <laughs> hours or a day. Or on a discussion a, board. Yeah, exactly. Well, I, I get in trouble because there's a program. It's an LVN to RN program in Florida. And a lot of these LVNs are doing it. And I don't really like it. I don't care so much about the didactic portion. I, that's a personal thing. But the problem is when they go to Florida to do their hands-on, they're going to skilled nursing facilities. They don't go to hospitals. They go to nursing homes. And so as an LVN, if you're not in the hospital, you're in a nursing home, and then you go to school and get skills in a nursing home, how well are you going to be prepared to be an RN on the floor? That's a tough one. Just because my RN, and I'm sure yours too, your RN program was different. You know, you had to rotate to ED, to surgery, right. to trauma, right. whatever level it right. was. And so, and you got to see all those things to the right. burn unit, you know, right. and so pediatrics. Right. And so it's a wonderful experience. And I think when you do that kind of program, you cut yourself short, very, very short. Not just you. Who else are you cutting short? Well, the patients. Because you're going to be on the floor day one. You're going to be like, damn, I didn't fucking learn this in school. And now what are you going to have to do as a preceptor or a mentor? No, I, I get it. I mean, and that's oh. another reason as to why I chose the program that I'm in, because I'm I don't want to cut that. myself short and I don't want to cut my patients short on what I want to deliver. Now I'm going to ask you a controversial question, even more controversial. Should nurses who've been a nurse a year or two years only as an RN go into the MP program? <laughs> You know, ah, I got um, you on that one. Don't be shy. That is a tough one for me personally. You already know my, already know my feelings, don't you? Yeah, and <laughs> and that's totally what do you valid. Think I'm gonna, what do you think I'm going to say? No, you're going to yeah, say no. Yeah, because what do you know as a nurse one or two years? What do you know? Well, and to be honest with you, sometimes you can be a nurse that has never had bedside Right, that's care, what I mean. You yeah. know. So look at you. Um, You've been a nurse how long? A total for 11 years now. And you told me that you're in the program. You're still what? Learning shit that you didn't learn. I'm still learn. learning That's a my lot. Point. And so can you imagine you were only a nurse a year or two years getting in that program? How do you think they would feel? How, I know you'd be like, what the fuck? <laughs> really? Don't you think it would be more overwhelming than what you are now? Do you feel uh, overwhelmed at all? Oh, definitely. See? For so, sure. And you're experienced and you're smart. So it's, I don't know. I just uh, think it's crazy. But yeah, no, I mean, I, I agree with you. I, I wouldn't do it myself. I think there is a perfect time for everything. For me, I think the reason I keep going back to school is because I get bored. And once I right. get bored, <laughs> I want right. to do something else. Me too. I think that's every nurse has ADD. That's why we get bored so easy. Yeah. And so so, I just so that's, why I, that's why I named my podcast Transformation Nurse Academy, because I'm all about what? transformation yeah because i think that nurses if you get bored nursing so vast that you there's no reason you can't transform yourself into being a better nurse but doing something i don't know if you remember you were in class but i have a model where do you want to be a good nurse or you want to be an excellent nurse 
and I always ask that. I want to be an excellent nurse. So I'll ask you this because you told me chemotherapy, there was a lot of medications. Should a nurse have a drug book? I think so. So um, why when people come here? And if you and ask, wait one second, can you pause it? I'll show you what I have. Yeah, I'll wait. I'll wait for yeah. you. Okay, yeah. let me go get that. Oh, shoot. I'll wait for you. Nellie's leaving me, everybody. <laughs> You're not mad at me, are you, Nellie? <laughs> so I'm going to be messaging Stephen here. Hey, would you like to be interviewed for my podcast, question mark? I would love to have you on. So we're on Facebook discussing the Community Regional Medical Center will close the PQ unit permanently. Um, I won't tell you who she is, but she's on here saying that Valley Children's Hospital will now accept community's insurance. So all that fighting back and forth to split up, now they're going back to where they were to begin with. It makes me crazy. Sad for our community, huh? All right, Kevin, <laughs> are you ready? Yeah, I was talking shit while you were gone. So okay. I don't, I won't tell you her name, but she's on Facebook. She said, I don't know this to be true, but she said Valley Children's Hospital will now accept community's insurance. So all of that fighting and shit from Sante Group and all that, where they split up. Holy shit, look at that. It's blurred, but I can see it. Yeah, oh, look at that shit. That's a big ass pile. Is that drugs? Holy shit, that's a big binder. <laughs> Is that all your drugs? I know Nellie's frozen again. We need to take up a collection for Nellie so she can get better internet. Did you hear all me right. talking shit? Yes, that you need to do a collection for me for my internet. <laughs> <laughs> if you look in the chat box, these are all the screenshots I'm taking you when you freeze. <laughs> Holy crap, look at that. That's more drugs? Yeah. So I started so, a second binder because I couldn't fit no more in that one. So do you think, I know you're doing it because you're an MP, but don't you think? Oh, no, that was before I even thought about being an MP. Oh, shit. See, so I don't understand why nurses, because I ask this all the time, like, you know, the IV class, I make them bring a drug book. And they're like, why do I need a drug book? I'm like, you're a fucking nurse. Every nurse should have a damn drug book. Well, we had the pharmacy. Well, like, you trust the pharmacy? Like, I don't understand why we don't understand our meds, because I think it makes you a better nurse if you understand how your meds work and why they're doing what they're doing. So I just don't And get then you that. can ask questions, you know, right. educated questions, right? Right. Because then you read and you understood certain things, and then you are asking, why is this like that? I just want to understand why is it different than what I'm reading, or could you help me understand? Because right. I read it and I understand this, but I see this. Right. See, that's what I say. I don't understand why that's so hard. I like that. I'm going to have to steal your binder now. So <laughs> let me ask this. I'm going to go off into a deep end because, you know, I do focus a lot on implicit biases, culture, things like that. You correct me if I'm wrong. You're Hispanic. I know you don't like yes. to talk about it because you're like, I don't want to. Oh, no, just... no. I right. am Hispanic. Yes. So as a Hispanic woman talking to young Hispanic women who aren't in nursing who or who are nursing, what can you do to encourage them or give them guidance and feedback to get where you were to get to where you are now? What would you say to them? Honestly, I'm going to be honest with you, Kevin, and I wish there were more Hispanic nurses. Yes, only 6% in nursing. Because there is there is not a lot. I'm, where I work, I'm the only Hispanic. 6%. At Kaiser, I, I want to say there is more. But yeah, there is not that many, and I wish there was more. I wish I have motivated some of my family to go back and to get their degree in whatever it is that they have, they already work on. But yeah, I mean, I think it's doable. You can do it, but you have to really put your mind and your heart into it to do it. Um, but what would you say to motivate them? To I don't know if I can do it, Nellie. I'm not smart. <laughs> 
I know, but that's what a lot of people say. Well, I honestly... They, we don't give them encouragement, so... No, I agree. But I also feel like from culture, you know, wise, that we always believe that as long as we're better than our parents, we're good. And that is not true. Right. I think that we could do anything we want to, but we really have to work for it. Do you know what I changed my mind? Because I used to have that same mindset. I'm not Hispanic, but I said had that same mindset where I wanted to do better than my parents. But there was a switch that turned on about 10 or 15 years ago. I wish it was sooner. I don't want to do better than my parents. I want to do so well that I can help my kids do even better than all of us. And I want to leave a legacy for them. I want to leave them on a solid footing to be a good person, to be financially set, emotionally set. That's my mission is going forward in life, to have that mentality. And not just me, anybody around me. Because, you know, I'm a nut, but I try to motivate people. I think it's great. I think when you work so hard and you surround yourself by others that look up to you, like your children, you know, they feel like they really have to push harder than you. Right. And so, and I'm in school with my kids as well. Wow. My daughter has a semester left at Fresno State. And my son is going to Fresno City. So we all this week, we were studying for finals. All right. And so they can't complain because you're doing it too. Exactly. So <laughs> I'm like, like, listen, bitches, I'm old and I'm doing it. So shut the hell up. <laughs> <laughs> I know you're not old, but you're older we're than me. We're all are, going but... through the same pains <laughs> here. So nobody can complain that, oh, oh right. my my final is harder than yours. Right. It's like, no, we all, we all need right. to study and we all need to keep pushing until, you know, the very last minute. So What are they doing? Are they in the medical field or are they doing something different? My daughter, she is majoring in chemistry. Oh, she, but doesn't man. want to be a doctor. She's sick individual chemistry. Oh, she <laughs> so, must be super smart, though. I know that's hard chemistry. You know, I, I give her a lot of credit. Chemistry is not my favorite right. at all. Mine I either. just took chemistry because I had to take chemistry. Right. But I don't know why she chose that, but, <laughs> but she's pushing through. And my son, he's doing a mechanical, industrial mechan mechanics or something oh, like that. All right, that's nice. That's good. I know my 16-year-old, he said he wants to be a, a computer software engineer. I don't even know what the hell that means. So, But I said, as long as you're happy and it makes a good as living. As long as they do something. Yeah. Don't be a bum and stuff. So, yeah. Just just do something. That's nice. Something that's and, good. yeah. So, yeah, I mean, but going back to motivating the Hispanic community, you know, I just wish that as I get to be in this field, that I get to see more patients, including Hispanic patients, and that hopefully they notice the difference and they can encourage their own families to become providers just because there's a great need. And there's always, you know, cultural wise, we always have different beliefs, whether we right. like it or not. It All is right. reality. Yep. We think different. And I can tell you the same thing to 10 different ethnic groups, and we're all going to take things so different. That's right. So that's it why, is important to motivate. No, but that's why I talk about it, because I can say whatever I want. Nobody's really going to listen to me. But I want to try to encourage people to be speakers to help our community, because your community is still my community. But I want to find a way that we can all grow and help and encourage each other. So that's why I started doing this, because, you know, I believe. No, I agree. Yeah. I think this is a great way to, you know, let people know what we do, why we do it, right, and to motivate others to you know, continue you, to make a difference. Do you like nursing for money or do you like nursing because you like to help people? I know you like money, don't get me wrong, but because there's a lot of nurses who get in it for just the money. Well, Kevin, before I was a nurse, I was actually an accountant. 
Oh shit! Look at you. Look at that. That's uh, just no one. Now I don't know where your daughter got her sickness from. And she, <laughs> them damn numbers and chemistry and stuff. <laughs> so I was an accountant without a degree, but I was making the same amount of money with somebody with a degree because my husband was in the military and we had to move. Wait, wait, wait! Hold on, hold on. What branch? The Marines. All right, all right. I won't hold it against Michelle. If you were gonna say Navy, <laughs> I was gonna make fun of his ass and shit. Simplify, so motherfucker. Yeah, moving was so difficult, and right. that was the job that I could do. But I always wanted to go to school. I just couldn't go to school because right. we had to move all the time, right. and the kids were small. Right. So finally, when we came to Fresno, it was more like thinking about retirement, and I saw the opportunity. Actually, when I moved to Fresno, I moved here from Hawaii. Oh, yeah. I was a dislocated worker by the government because we had military orders to move here. So I became unemployed because fucking Arnold moving your ass to fucking Fresno and shit. Yeah. Thanks a lot, because Arnold. Of the order. <laughs> because of the military orders, right? And so because of that, I was unemployed. And while I was trying to figure out what I was going to do and all that, the unemployment offered me a training. And so the training, I had this little knowledge about nursing, but they said it's a CNA. Right, right, right. And so I took it and I went for that, but I learned quick that it was really physically hard for me. Right. And so I made a petition for all the students in my class to Workforce Connection. Yes, I love Workforce Connection. And so the Clovis Adult School before used to have just one LVN program. And thanks to the petition that I made and the money that was provided from Workforce Connection, they were able to get accreditation for a second program. Mm -hmm. And that was our program. And that's how I became an LVN. So, so I am me? here. This is my passion. I like I it. Love I love it. school. I do miss the numbers, the accounting part. But I... Individual, you. <laughs> <laughs> but you I like still do this. numbers in healthcare. <laughs> Yes, I still do numbers, and I, I tell you, I my other job is about other numbers and other right. things and uh, projects that I do right. that are, you know, in regards to nursing, but I can put things together. Right. So will you help me then? I didn't know that about your workforce connection because we have our adult school here in Madeira. We don't have any programs left. They're just kind of falling apart, and I'm trying to figure out how to take over and help get that adult school back up and running for CNA programs, LVM programs, all different kind of medical programs. Will you help me with that? Will you show me what you did? Well, I can show you what I did, but I was in the program and I just moved really quick, typed know, but a I letter mean, and submitted yeah. it. Do you still have that letter? I can look. It's been, I don't know, I know 13 years I know, now. <laughs> do you remember but, what you said? But yeah, I, I yeah. remember what I said. Do you and remember everybody. Who you went to talk to? Was it I somebody mean, at workforce or was yeah, somebody, somebody at the. Somebody at, at Workforce right. in the program as well. Right. So we have a different director now at Clovis Adult School, but the no, yeah, director also moved really you, you, quick. You had the old white lady, Mrs. Sharon. Ross. Was it Ross? Yeah, Mrs. Ross. She's like a she's like a mean ass old lady, but she was <laughs> she was smart. She would make you she do your shit. She is very smart. Yeah. Yeah. Um, right. I'm right. Yeah. I'm making a note here. Workforce in adult school, so I don't forget. Yeah, because, you know, I really, I like our community, but our hospital closed, so we're kind of like falling apart and stuff over here. So I'm trying to do what I can to be part of our community and get us back up and running and stuff. So. I'm, I'm sharing my secrets with you, so. Yeah, I like that, though. That's good. See, I like that. I can learn something. <laughs> All right, so I know we've been on here a little while, so 
let's wrap things up. Tell people what we can do to help you while you're still working as an oncology nurse. How can we support your organization? Is there, if you can, I don't know if you can like message me on the, you know, messenger and Facebook, give me some links I can send people to. Cause uh, Jane, who we talked about, she'll put them on the podcast. And so people can click on the links. How can we support you? So number one, you know, for all those nurses that are interested in oncology, they do have to be oncologist certified. So they go through the ONS certification. We are a local chapter for the ONS. We're the Central Valley Oncology Nursing Society. They can become members. And we are actually, next year, we're looking for somebody to join and be the secretary of the chapter. We would like to have somebody computer savvy and all, all right. that good stuff, right. just because we nowadays with technology, you know, we can do many things, right? And great things. Yes. And so right. we, we have to keep up with technology. I'm just writing notes while you're. Uh, That's one way that they can support our. Yeah. What I'm talking. <laughs> well, I'm writing notes uh, in they the can chat support box. Our so Jane, association. Jane can put all this in there so I don't forget and stuff. So you want a secretary and someone who is computer savvy. Correct. All right. So. What website can they go to? Oh, I asked Michael this, but he wasn't 100% sure. So you said they have to have a certification. Is it like like me? I'm a certified emergency nurse. It's a national certification. You have to sit for the exam, and it's recognized nationally. Is the ONS certification the same thing? You get they to have, use the title behind your name, or is it just so you can give chemotherapy? You, or do they have both? You can use the title on your name, but you do have to have certain hours first in oncology to apply for the certification. But, but how do you give chemotherapy without a certification? Well, you start to shadow the people that you work with, right? Because but, when you you start, you're not gonna know the binder that I show you that is right, this right. big. Well, I thought so that it, you had to have, um, I didn't call it certification, but I thought you had to have some kind of like a eight or 20 hour class on chemotherapy drugs before you could actually start administering it. Is that wrong? They do have some policies that you have to oh, read okay. Right. okay, on how yeah. to handle chemotherapy at work. They're not just going to throw you out there and be like, okay, well, here are the chemo drugs. And they're not just going to give them to you from the get-go because they're chemotherapy drugs. Right. But they're going to show you the drugs and they're going to, they give you, I think, up to three months for you to take the certification. But they are going to show you the most important things, which is safety, number one, how to handle uh, chemo spill if there is one which i've only seen one all the in all these years but it could happen right once you do all that then you would apply for the certification it is online you can purchase the online book or you can just buy it and then you just take the questions and so i can take it online and i can do an open book test i mean if that's what you want and it's going to help you then yeah Damn, that's some bullshit there, Nelly. But the I, questions I are not easy, let me tell you. I know, but I didn't get to do no open book test with my nurse, my emergency nurse. They make you go. I had to go to, uh, it was over in the hood in Fresno, and it was a little H&R block with four damn computer screens. It was 8 o'clock in the morning, freezing my ass off. And this no... is for the fundamentals of chemotherapy, biochemotherapy. So but is it a national certification or is it just certification? There is, so you can there give is the... another certification. So they're uh, separate. Mm -hmm. And the I other one you, that okay. you're talking about, it's like you're saying, you know, you have to go to a facility and you have to test and there is no book. So the first one is what I was talking about, where you have to go get trained. You have to learn the medicine. Then you have to take that certification so you can give the medications. Mm -hmm. So if I started working with you, you said I got three months. Would I be giving any medications during that three months with you? by myself or would I just be learning about the medications 
and watching you do it and then taking the certification test so I can do it on my own. It will be with me. Okay. I'm never going to be by myself for the first three months. Usually not recommended. No, I know. I get it. I get it because, you know, it's some crazy stuff that you're giving there. Because right. don't be mad at me. I used to make fun of the oncology nurse because I used to say I don't want to work oncology because they look like a bunch of old-ass ladies because mm -hmm. they don't what? Oh, wear the gloves. And then they get chemo in their skin and their hair falls out. Because that's what the old oncology nurses used to do. They would never wear gloves and shit. And, you know, they'd empty the Foley and give medicines and get all that crap on the skin and make them look like they were on chemo and shit. Well, you still they, know some they... of those nurses, don't you? I got to see <laughs> what I'm talking about. I got I? to see something. But um, am I right? Yes, you are right. <laughs> but you nowadays you don't see that anymore. Right. I did get to see on. it at the beginning of my career, right. but I haven't <laughs> anymore. And so I don't know why. And but anyways, we were cowboys back then. Cowboys and cowgirls thought we were, you know, invincible to every damn thing. <laughs> yeah. And I mean, I, I totally get it. But I think and I tell people in in my children as well when you start something if you want to do this career for a long right. time long term you do have to protect yourself right because if you, you don't do. do it now later you're gonna suffer the consequences suffer you the will consequences. see it and so start taking care of yourself now wear your ppe right and then do what you have to do that's right don't, don't cut any corners just i love that don't cut any corners people you, you die when you cut corners or no, you're going to be toothless corner. or something. <laughs> no. <laughs> All right, Nelly, I appreciate you taking your time. I, I've took an hour already of your time, but I really appreciate you. Is there anything else you'd like to tell people before we wrap the show up? Well, I just want to say thank you to all the people that showed up for the oncology symposium. It was really nice to see awesome. people. Mm -hmm. And yeah. we are hoping that next year we get to do it a little better, more organized. And I thought that, it was great. Better and that we learn from go. our yeah. mistakes mistakes that you know from this time and hoping to improve next time and hopefully we get a secretary next year and we'll, put the uh, word out and we'll get you a secretary oh i would love that and yeah. so yeah and yeah we, we're looking forward to another year and to make things way better wherever you you have a happy holidays merry christmas i don't know what you say i don't know what's politically Thanks. correct anymore but i merry hope christmas. you enjoy your damn yeah, merry christmas to you too <laughs> and fuck all you motherfuckers I hope you have good holidays. Tell Arnold, even though he's a fucking Marine, happy holidays and shit. <laughs> <laughs> I was in the Army, Nelly, so, you know, we always teach each other. I know. So, yeah. Military all the I way. I love it. I appreciate him, and I appreciate you taking your time, all right? All right, Kevin. You take right. care. Thank you, too. You have a great night. Thank you, you, too. All right. Bye-bye. Bye. Don't miss out. Engage with us weekly. Share your thoughts, and let's transform the nursing landscape together.